This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. In order to advance racial equity, there is work for white people and people of color to do together and separately. The Project Sanctus Affinity Groups provide safe spaces for people to work within their own racial and ethnic groups. Join us every first and third Wednesday of the month at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom for brave, vulnerable conversations and for building culture through engaging embodied practices. For more details and a registration, visit ProjectSanctus.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 76 of With Love and Justice for All, the official podcast of Project Sanctus. I am Reverend Ogan Holder here with my partner in crime consciousness and co-creation, Reverend Kelly. How are you, Reverend Kelly, today? I'm pretty good. I'm those the number of weights I'm leg pressing. That number keeps going up. So nice, nice. Two ninety two. Get your lift on, baby. Get your lift on. That is awesome. Two ninety two. We are we do the work uh, of some heavy lifting here. (laughs) We we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, especially. Uh, with the special challenges that face spiritual communities and spiritual mm-hmm. seekers. Um, and you can listen to us on all the podcast platforms. You can stream us on Facebook when we record this, generally Tuesdays and Fridays um, around 3 p.m. Eastern time. As ish, ish 3, p- 3 p.m. ish, ish. Somewhere in the somewhere a few minutes after three, um, I would say start uh, tuning in, um, and you can also join in on our conversation if you want. If you're watching on Facebook in real time, you can drop some comments in. You can hit us up after on all the socials: Facebook, Instagram. I say all the socials, really only two: Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> I'd get our holy on. I gotta stop saying all the socials. And yeah, because uh, there's a whole lot of socials we don't want to be on. <laughs> there's a whole lot we don't want to be on. Um, and you can also leave us a voicemail, 413-438-4659 or 413-GET-HOLY. Uh, this episode is entitled Just in Time for Black History Month and Other Headlines. Uh, we are recording on Friday. It is our headlines episode where we hit some of the things in the cultural zeitgeist um, within the context of anti-racism. So thank you as always to those of you who listen around the country in about 40 of the 50 
states, contiguous states. Thanks to all of you who listen internationally as well. Um, there's a whole bunch of you all over the place, like Ukraine and Japan and Norway and India and all over. So we are grateful, very grateful for your listenership and your support and that you've been sharing the podcast. Uh, before we jump into the headlines, uh, what do we what do we got going on, Kelly, that folks need to know about? We have. <clears throat> Sorry, Easy I, now. Easy. I was so excited. I know so I was excited. so excited. I choked. Take a breath. I was so excited Take about what's coming up. Musa. <laughs> wow. I know that. Well, it's a good sign. So we have two, a uh, couple of very, for me, and I think for lots of people, exciting things coming up next week. Um, we we have been working our way through the book American Detox, The Myth of Wellness and How We Can Truly Heal. Uh, the author is Carrie Kelly, and uh, she's going to be joining us next Tuesday for two, meaning next Tuesday, February 7th, for two things. One, the podcast, uh, our podcast at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, so she'll be joining us. And, uh, and then our final, we've been, as I said, we've been working our way in our 846 book club on Tuesday evenings from 7.30 to 9.30 Eastern. And our last session for the book is also Tuesday, February 7th. So she's gonna join us for that in the evening. So we have her for Tuesday. Nice. Tuesdays is ours. And if you're not <laughs> familiar with uh, with Carrie Kelly or the book, American Detox, um, you know, the, the, uh, the wellness, right, and the wellness industry is well over $650 billion a year. And, and, and even though there's all this money pumped into it, we still feel insecure and isolated. And it's because the, the wellness industry really has um, been propped up uh, by the culture that we are deeply rooted in, a culture of supremacy and separation um, and scarcity. And um, and we need so it's called American Detox because it's not about a juice fast. It's not about yoga fads. It's not about that kind of detoxing. It's detoxing from a culture that's rooted in perfectionism, that's rooted in, as I said, the supremacy, separation and scarcity um, and move us towards a model of mutual responsibility, collective care. And and um, so going well beyond self-help, which has become very toxic. Um, and moving to like everybody care kind of thing, which is not an either or, please don't hear that, uh, but but just it's part of dismantling uh, systems of oppression. Um, so Carrie Kelly is, she's an organizer, a yoga activist, a wellness disruptor, and um, she is really sounding a wake up call for the wellness industry. So she's gonna be joining us, as I said, for our last book club. Um, which everybody is welcome to join. If you go to projectsanctus.com to the 846 book club um, page, just register for the class. It doesn't matter if you've been to any of the classes. It really, you know, of course we would love if someone, if you'd read the book, but it, it won't, it won't matter because this is our last class. And so it's really kind of an open session of being in conversation with, with, um, Carrie Kelly and um, and it will be informative and disturbing and exciting um, and I so so everybody is welcome just go to the to the the book club page on Project Sanctus and just register for the for the class the book class um, and uh, let's see the other thing that we have coming up is uh, do the work. 
there's a it's a wonderful book by W. Kamau Bell and Kate Schatz that we did this past fall. Um, again, is as part of our E46 book club, and we worked our way through, um, you know, every week. And and it's it's we worked our way through the book, but it's an anti-racist activity book. So it's not about reading. It's about you know being in you know being in active motion being you know how often do we hear but what do i do i don't know what to do so what can i do for this well you want to know what to do do the work come to the to this play shop that we have planned which is three saturdays february 11th february 18th february 25th from 10 a.m to 1 30 eastern um and just you know be in the activity of the book um whether you've gone through it or not uh, again it's called do the work so you want to, if you ever hear yourself thinking, I don't know what to do, now you know what to do. Join us for all this good That's stuff. That's right. Um, so it I is. I thought that was implied. It, <laughs> sometimes you have to state the obvious. I know, I know. You have to, you have to state the obvious. Um, so it is February, recording on February 3rd, and this means it is Black History Month, which is always a fascinating <laughs> time of year. Um but we thought we'd open with um, just a quick reminder about uh, not just what Black History Month is, but why it's in February. It's not because uh, the powers that be hate Black folk and gave us the shortest month of the year. That, 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 <laughs> I, see, I see memes around that every year. Uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's not why, why it happened. Um, it, it, uh, well, Black History Month was really the brainchild of uh, Carter Woodson. It started out as Black History Week, and um, the the month of February was chosen because we have birthdays of uh, Frederick Douglass. Uh, we have birthdays of Abraham Lincoln, who, who you know um, signed the Emancipation uh, Proclamation, and eventually um, the President Truman recognized what was um, in that day. Uh, National Freedom Day, and um, it wasn't it wasn't named a federal holiday, but he did um, encourage folks, and this is back in 1949, to to contemplate the significance of the contributions of Black folk in America, um, and eventually got expanded to the to the whole month. Um, so it is it is indeed a time to intentionally reflect on where we are. And I think that was Gerald Ford. What did I say? Expanded it. Oh, Joe you Ford. didn't yes, say yes. Any, oh. anybody. Yeah, Gerald oh. Ford expanded it to a whole month. Gotcha. Um, yes, yes. You're. I think you were correct yeah. about. I think you're correct about that. Um, so it is. It is a time of year to be intentional about um, reflecting, not just around the contributions of over history of of Black Americans, um, but the also the appropriations. <laughs> things that were credited to other folks that were invented by black folk and also the state of where we are today. Um, mm. It is a good time for reflection. Um, unfortunately, it's also a good time for, um, shall we say, corporate, um, corporate um, shilling <laughs> around, yeah. you know, um, corporations who, will love to put out Black History Month related promotions and items and stuff all the while contributed to contribute into, you know, the pockets of uh, politicians and a particular party, which tends to not support the advancement of 
um, black and brown folks in America. So there's that. Um, but the one thing, the one thing that really got me and um, I just, I only just remembered about it and just put it in our, in our list uh, that we're looking at was in Miami, Miami, uh, because Florida, Florida is the best. Uh, in Miami, they unveiled an African themed police cruiser for Black History Month. Yes, what let me say it that? again. Exactly. An Africa themed police cruiser. So so they they basically painted this cruiser in the colors of uh like um uh red red, yellow, and green, uh the the, the stripes of many um African flags. They uh there's 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 some raised fists in solidarity, there's like a uh um a painting of the African continent. And just in case we weren't clear, they actually literally have the words Black History Month written on the police cruiser. And wow. I mean, there's tone deafness. And then there's just, are we being punked right now? <laughs> because <laughs> my favorite, people are not wow. responding. People are not responding well. And my and my favorite uh, tweet that somebody responded, this is uh, Charles Coleman Jr. He tweeted, tell me you don't have a DEI person without telling me you don't have a DEI person. Right. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, wow. So so that happened. That happened. And we will we will. Um, I forgot I, to mention earlier, all the, all the links to these articles that we are referencing will be um, in the in the chat or the comment section on Facebook. And they'll also be in the show notes on your, on your podcast app uh, when you pull up the app, but yeah. So, so I, yeah. I can't even find a word, Ogan. I, I know, <laughs> I know, I, I know. Yes. Well, yes. New, that, you know, somebody gets a Darwin award. That, that happened. That happened. Wow. Yeah. So anyways, so how not how not to celebrate Black History Month? That's that's right. that's an example uh, right there. And um, if you hadn't listened to our last two episodes of our podcast, we, we have some thoughts about policing that are not unique to us. Right. <laughs> oh, well, so it. that's how not to. So we probably should say a couple of things of how you do, how you can yes. um, celebrate Black History Month. The first being do it every day of the year, all year round, you know, till death do we part. Um, but aside from that, um, every year there's also a theme for the month. And this year the theme is Black Resistance. Um, mm -hmm. And that's chosen by the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. Um, and so I, I, um, you know, when I first read that Black Resistance, I have to confess, um, okay, I'm not like, what does that look like for me as a white body? Mm -hmm. um, you know, black resistance. And so I, um, of course, it's, you know, find resources, you know, it, museums to visit, you know, books to read, books for kids to read. Um, even even diving deeper into black women's history, um, yes. you know, and I think the that one of the biggest things, you know, as a, a white body, you know, if I'm engaging black, resistance it means like really be like really shut up really step back and really 
you know, if I think I have something to say, don't say it, find, you know, even more so intentional raising black voices and black women's voices. Um, but, um, you know, if I have the, if I happen to teach and I know, except if I'm in Florida or Texas or some other places, you know, teach about oppression and teach about power, um, you know, and what black resistance is and perseverance, right? So resistance, I think people think it means like, not just pushing against, but fighting like, and violence and really, I, I, you know, resistance, like, let's not forget there's the, the um, perseverance in there. Yeah. You know, that is, that is very, you don't have resistance without perseverance, you know, and um, yeah, so I just, uh, um, well, you know, it's something for me to keep investigating for me, you know, what is, how do I acknowledge and, and express and, you know, black resistance as a white body? Yes, yes, indeed. Um, speaking of black resistance, who did not put up good black resistance just in time for Black History Month was the college board that stripped down its <laughs> advanced placement um, African-American studies curriculum because yeah. of pushback by, again, thank you, Florida, Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, among some you know, other complainers, um, about how, because remember we talked about um, him banning it from schools in Florida uh, from being taught. Right. And so they decided we're going to go back and we're going to take out some of the goods, a lot of the good stuff from it. Yeah. Um, so some writers and scholars were taken out of the curriculum. Um, folks like uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, um, who, who basically wrote the book on intersectionality. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Um, I who, know. I mean, Between the World, Between the World and Me um bell hooks is gone pulled out you know, of that when I, I mean and, and when I'm i like, saw her yeah sorry go ahead i was gonna i was gonna say the 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 epitome of black feminism um uh so she's 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 been she's been removed as well it's just it, the, the thing is is pretty much a shell of what it was before and i was very surprised at how quickly they did this turnaround um and yeah what were you gonna say i was gonna say that as i was reading the list of all of the the um you know what scholars writers you know social activists uh, the the number of first of all it was a huge number of um, black people removed from the curriculum their contribution to american history um but when I got to bell hooks, I actually paused and had to sort of suck in my breath and I started to cry a little bit because bell hooks. Um, absolutely black feminism, but what I learned the one of the biggest things i've learned from bell hooks was about love and belonging. And I thought yes she's a black woman yes it's feminism you know black feminism and you know rights for black women and if you read any of her works, if you see any of videos, you know, that on YouTube, you know, giving a, a speech or being in a conversation with someone, um, it's about love um, and, you know, radical. Uh, but I, I actually started to cry when I saw that they removed bell hooks. Um, and so I just 
you know, so I kept going through, um, you know, some of the other names. I just, I, I guess I was surprised at my visceral response to, uh, to all of them, but especially her. There's something about her work that really has shaped me and my understanding and my, my commitment to, to anti-racism and how am I being in the world. Uh, we don't throw the word crazy around a lot, but it's it, this is insane and this is crazy. And what I always find fascinating is this from the party who always lashes out claiming cancel culture. We've gone so woke right. and we're canceling this and we're canceling that. And they're railing against cancel culture. And they're the ones who are leading the canceling, who are leading that this can't be included. We can't talk about this. We can't we can't teach this. We, you know, um, um, and the fact that they can't see the hypocrisy there is it's stunning. Um, but these are the times we live in. Um, I remember um, there was something, it was a viral video going around about a middle school teacher somewhere. I, I don't want to say it was Florida because I don't remember exactly where, but basically the school had to like remove all the books from the library to review them and make sure they fit within the standards. I think it was somewhere in Florida. Yeah, there was um, Florida. Yeah. And so there's a video of a sub going walking through the library and they might be three books on the shelf, if that many, um, mm. because because there's questions about all the others, um, because because the guidelines are so vague, there's. Yeah, there's no uh, and te- a lot of teachers are, are scared, they're scared to lose their jobs, they're scared of, of, of being reported by parents because of this insanity. So. So yeah, so so that that happened. But don't fear. Education is still happening because just in time, just in time for Black History Month, we find out that there is a in the US a neo-Nazi homeschool network with yeah. thousands of members. You can't make this shit up. They distribute lesson plans. This is in Ohio, uh, an Ohio couple, and this is reported on Vice, has been unmasked as the leaders of the neo-Nazi, quote, dissident homeschool telegram channel that distributes lessons plans to about 2,400 members. Yeah. We're not talking yeah. low numbers here. 2,400. I, I, I just can't. Uh, early this month, while the rest of the country was celebrating the achievements of civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., parents and children in the dissident homeschool network opened a lesson plan and were greeted with the words, as Adolf Hitler wrote. <laughs> like, mm. nothing good is coming after that. I'm just laughing because this is all I can do. The shock is so palpable. All I can do right now is laugh. It's not funny. Well, I'm not laughing because it's funny. Right. I'm laughing because if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry or I'm going to throw something against the wall. This is like, what is happening well, to it, us? Well, and not, <sighs> you know, the, and the thing too about um, this uh, neo-Nazi homeschool network, um, dissident homeschool. Um, dissident homeschool. Oh, by the way, the yeah, aliases, I think, I think, the, the aliases of the husband and wife team, Mr. and Mrs. Saxon. Like, oh, geez, <laughs> that, I know I that, shouldn't, that I shouldn't laugh, legit. but as you that said, I would cry otherwise. That kind of is legit funny, though. I'm like, okay, I see what you did there. But this is, but it's so, yes, here's this 
dissident homeschool, you know, thousands of members in this homeschool network, but to, as you said, greet, you know, open a lesson plan, greet it with the words as Adolf Hitler wrote. Mm -hmm. And what's so, what's so uh, amazingly harmful and unthinkable about it is that that's just a regular day. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a regular school day. That's not a like, oh, like this is different or no, this is a regular day. Continuing to read in the article, since the group began in October 2021, it has openly embraced Nazi ideology, promoted white supremacy, and proudly discouraging parents from letting their white children play with or have any contact with people of any other race. The admins and members of the group use racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic slurs without shame. They quote Hitler and other Nazi leaders daily in a channel open to the public. Yeah. Yeah, and they refer to Martin Luther King Jr. as deceitful, dishonest, riot inciting Negro that he actually was. Yeah. Ah. This is this is the whole thing. Um so Mr. Anyways, and Mrs. Saxon. Yeah. Mrs. Saxon. So yeah, just just in time for uh <laughs> for Black, Black History, History Month. Black History Month. So I, I I'll be wondering where they go. And they have a um uh so I think there was something else about the dog that they owned, a German shepherd. Yeah, named named Blondie um, was after. Named Blondie, yeah, the same name as Hitler's dog. Yes, yes, there um, is. Um, and so one parent, sorry, one parent posted in the group. I want to read this. One parent posted in the group says um, they thank they thank the the leaders for their work and explained why they agreed that the public school education was not for them. And I quote. I don't want my kids exposed to the gay-loving, anti-family Jew factory that is public school. I can't stand it. One one other parent offered their own educational resource. Write in, here is an overview of 10 reasons why Hitler was one of the good guys. Yeah. So we got that going on, too. Um, In Ohio, like right in your backyard. In 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 Ohio, right in time for just in time for, um, Black, yeah, yeah, um, um, I yeah, I guess really shouldn't be giving it airplay, but well, I uh, think you, sh- I no, I think it's important that we do because yeah. I mean, if it's twenty four hundred members of this of this group, you know, you know, odds being then. How many thousands of children? Because assuming any family right. one to two, one two or three kids, we might be right. looking at as many as you know five to seven thousand children here being affected. Um, and if we're and if we're and if these folks are spread all over the country, yeah, you might know somebody. So if you know somebody who's homeschooling their kids and their kids are saying some some fascinating things along those right. lines then yeah you might want to say something you might want to speak up and i guess technically no laws are being broken here i mean a person has a right to i mean my my daughter was homeschooled at one point it was you know and we 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 didn't create curriculum ourselves and she was part of like homeschool co-ops and you know we we made sure that what she did was not just appropriate, but the state we lived in Maryland at the time, you actually had to go in 
to the education department like like twice a year and bring in like a folder to show here's what my kids learning so like, you just didn't say homeschooling was watching tv yeah. all day or learning this nonsense i don't know that ohio has the same sort of rules but i would like to think that there's somebody in the education department in ohio going like mm, this is kind of really not what we want our kids to be learning in this way and do something about it so i don't know i don't know we can we might have to uh deep dive on on that um well also you know it was um they just started a year and a half ago so yes. in a year and a half to have 2400 members yes. is nothing to you know i'd be paying attention yeah but you know exactly huh. exactly so so there we at um and also well, and go ahead well, I was going to say, and, and along the same line, so it's not just the AP class that DeSantis is outlawing, um, right. but now he's announced plans to block DEI programs in state colleges. So he's, you know, his and, and um, CRT comes as well, just in time for Black History Month. Yeah, um, DEI programs uh, and and the teaching of critical race theory, which is a college level course, um, right? And again. People seem to forget the theory part of the end of this. I mean, we can we can right. see it in play, but but you know, it's 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 attempted to answer the question: Why are things the way they are? That, that here's a theory. The theory is that racism is baked into every fundamental structure of our nation. Here's right. here's some examples, and we can go from there. But yeah, so so I, you know, as we've said before, this is just a continual. Um, um, political not just political grandstanding but i think it's more than that i think there really is we are in he's institutionalizing the right to comfort and that is disturbing well he's i mean yeah well i think it's already institutionalized and he's he's putting into law mm, policies yeah. that are that are uh racist that like legalizing um and uh, yeah I, to so so not only so now so you've banned any kind of education for elementary school what was it kindergarten through third grade and and then of course there's all these you know rules around you know older than third grade as well you know taking books out of libraries and such and now you're taking away uh the ap course so that's you're talking 17 18 year olds yeah. a college class and now you want to um make sure that if a college offers anything around diversity equity and inclusivity any kind of program that's you know comes under that umbrella that you would get no funding at all um so public colleges are um you're just handcuffing them really uh to you know we're, we're going to be raising generations of of um ill-informed ill-equipped no clue about uh american the complete american history the story you know um and you never you 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 know you want to you know celebrate george washington thomas jefferson you know who by the way enslaved people like why and so you're eliminating 
I, I'm, can't, I don't even have the words for it. I'm trying to imagine a world well, where there's all these generations of village idiots. I mean, it exists. It's called Florida. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's interesting, though, is what you just said about our founding fathers and the fact that they also were slave owners. At no point in time has anyone called on any side of of any political fence called for them to be removed from our history books or call yeah. for them to be raised. No, if anything, we've been there's been a call to include the full story of who they are and what they did, um, not just whitewash them. So yeah, so it's 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 interesting, but you know, we're we're the ones who are bent on cancel culture. It might be why, it might be why. <laughs> As we just found out, less and less people are interested in migrating to the U.S. than ever before. Yes. Yeah. Who would yes. want to come here in the midst of, of all of this madness? Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, according to. I don't even want to be here sometimes. <laughs> well, it is part of the reason I'm here where I am half the time. Um, according to Gallup World Poll data. Um, those who desired to come to the U.S. from between 2011 to 2021, um, we dropped from 22% down to 18%. Uh, percent. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm trying to see, um, and the survey was, um, the poll surveyed about 16% of adults worldwide. That's 900 million people. Uh, so you're yeah. thinking that's not a big percentage drop, but when you apply to 900 million people, and I don't math, right. but those numbers sound big um, as well. Right. Less than people. There's there's even reports in the article about a woman who like had done all the work to get her green card, and when she got it, she's like, I don't "Come anymore?" Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, 900 million people. So if there's almost eight billion in the world, so that's almost one eighth of the yes. world's population. Yes. That's a lot. As a lot people, of people to ask, as a um, lot regarding of their desire to ask, yeah, and and they're not crazy about coming here. Um, and a lot of this, uh, the the shift began after shockingly Trump's election. Yeah. Um, we know that when he was in office, he did sign um, um, a what they refused to call a travel ban, but it was in effect a travel ban from several Muslim majority countries. Um, we had children being separated at the southern border that were trying to, you know, um, in in most cases, legally cross the border as refugees. Um, so, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we're uh, the, the U.S. is the U.S. is not in good, um, good standing anymore. Now, it's still no. It's, even Saudi Arabia did better <laughs> with their numbers than the U.S. Well, it's still. Um, I think I think we're still I think we're still technically the most desired country to move to, but but we are many other countries are on the rise. Yep. We are we are on the decrease. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's that. Um, let us um, go out on a little bit of a I think a high note. Um, yeah. And it is, yes, February is the start, is Black History Month, starting on February 1st. 
Um, also on February 1st was what is it? World World Hijab National World Hijab Day. Day. Yeah. Um, and generally many anti-Muslim countries paints hijab, the the head covering that um, women in Muslim countries wear as a negative thing, as a sign of um, misogyny, a sign of patriarchy, as a sign of keeping women um, repressed. And um, I, I, I mean, there, there is, there is an element of, there is an element of misogyny in there in terms of, um, in many places, men not being able to control themselves and blame women uh for yeah, this right. so you you know you all exist yeah. we can't we can't keep our sexual urges to ourselves so the solution well that's is why to, mike pence won't won't go anywhere with us has to be around his um, wife all the time and therefore we will cover you women up as much as possible because it's your fault so so there's there's a sense of that but but hijab is also uh it's a way of living it's a it's a it's a way of it's a choice of, it's a choice and and it's becoming more and more a choice of empowerment uh for mm -hmm. women to say no i'm 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 doing this intentionally so, well there's a there's there's um you know so uh just for the listener's sake you know the the hijab is the headscarf which is different than a burqa which is the head to foot cover um, yes covering um so those are two different things um and we're just so february 1st is world hijab day and i think what a lot of people don't understand about uh islam and and it's and this is not just for islam but many many millions and millions and millions of islamic women wear a hijab the headscarf out of choice um, and it's not the only faith tradition where women wear a headscarf. There are many Jewish women that do. There are many Christian women that do. There's, and, and the reason, largely the reason, it's a spiritual thing that it's, it's not just about modesty, uh, and that's certainly part of the picture, but there's also the element of, um, you know, the top of the head is a very sacred place. It's a, it's, um, and so to cover it is is just is acknowledging the sacredness of the top of the head. It's not about covering up so you can't see me or some kind of, you know, sex thing, you know, um, or because you're forcing me to. It's uh, of course we know that goes on in places, and I don't want to leave out the the for the millions of women around the world, whatever their faith tradition, that wear it because of it's something very spiritual and something very sacred. Yeah. Um, and that gets lost a lot. Um, it it and does. Rather, and, there's and, this assumption that it's a sign of oppression and, yes. you know, um, yeah. And and we, we started with me um, calling out, um, you know, corporations for um, the 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 exploitation they do around holidays, whether it's Black History Month or Pride Month, and you know, but I will I will say it has been great to see um, many like clothing um, companies and organizations support this, um, yeah. and and it, not just 
creating hijabs that for functional purposes, but for style purposes as well. So there's there's like a whole line of of hijab for mm -hmm. for women athletes, um, right? As, as as well and and things like yes. that and swimwear and stuff like that. So it's uh it's I th I think there's there's that support. The fashion, uh, for, whole fashion industry. Yeah, for what for what you just for what you just said, acknowledging that, um, for many women, it's yeah, it's their it's their choice, and um, and it it's a for them, it's not just style, but but strength, um, as yes. as well, um, to be to be. I mean, when you think about it, knowing knowing, especially if you live in a country that's not a predominantly Muslim country, and that you will possibly be harassed, bullied, stigmatized for this. And then choosing to wear it in the face of all of that, it takes a certain amount of fortitude um, to to say this is my choice, and yeah, and I it doesn't matter what what you say about it. So I right. I, I like I like that. Yeah, I like that. So in the in this uh, article uh, from the Guardian, there's this little. Um, uh, um, this little conversation is just a few few sentences long, but uh, the woman who's writing the article um, wasn't didn't always wear a hijab. She didn't always wear, um, you know. She she at one point in her life decided to to wear it, and then obvious, you know, uh, becoming what she called an obvious Muslim. Um, you know, having stares became the norm, and interactions with non-Muslims were awkward and tense. Um, and she says it was almost a relief to be occasionally asked, I'm not being funny, but why do you wear that? And she goes on to say, I remember a sunny day in my 20s when a white male colleague in the city of London asked me if I would like to take my scarf off. Um, I looked at his sweltering red face and smiled. And she said, yes, it is a bit hot. If you take your trousers off, I'll take off my scarf. Nice. And um. I know, right? I thought that was uh, brilliant because there's just this unexamined assumption that it's something optional, right? Or it's not, it doesn't fall into the same, you know, category of clothing as your shirt or your pants or, your, you know, right. and uh, it just, you know, to um, normalizing it, I guess. I mean, I not that I yeah. enjoy the word normal, but, but um, it's not a, it's not an odd thing. You know. No, it's no, it's not. Um, last month, British Airways um, um, mm. released, revealed, launched a hijab-friendly uniform. Um, all the way back in 2001, the Met Police allowed Muslim women to wear the hijab. In 2016, Scotland's police force made it an official part of its uniform. So it's yeah. good to see that there is an embracing of of this choice, um, and it's not and it's not being no pun intended policed. Uh, away because part because this this is part of the dehumanization practices of white supremacy let us let us police your parents because it has to conform to to what white supremacy says is appropriate where um and yeah. you know one can make the argument that in any culture there is clothing that one can deem representation representative of oppression um, but again, it's about it's about claiming it, um, and especially again, if you live in a non and predominantly non-Muslim country, and you're choosing to do this in the face of all the ridicule, again, that's that's character, that's fortitude, um, that's that's strength. 
Yeah, taking up the space that you're in. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And 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 perhaps uh, like in this woman's uh, the reporter's response, it's it's an education moment. It's an opportunity. It's a opportunity for making a teachable moment. You know. Yep. Um, around around that as well. So so good so good for them. Um, yep. So all right, that's that's all we got for our our headlines episode. Uh, just in time for Black History Month. Um, we do encourage you to we do encourage you to uh, uh, to share this uh, to look to to get the links uh, on Facebook and in the podcast notes on your on your app and and do some deep dives around these articles. Uh, share them, talk about them, tell friends about the podcast so they can find us on all their favorite podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. You know, if you if there's one that you use for your podcast and we're not on it, please let us know. We'll get we'll try to get it on there. Um, and if your friends don't know what a podcast is, we are, we are also on the old school interwebs at with love and justice for all Please visit Project Sanctus to see all the opportunities and invitations that we have for you. Please join us next Tuesday, both for the live stream of the podcast and also uh, Tuesday evening for our visit uh, by author of American Detox, uh, Carrie Kelly. Again, you don't have to have read the book or have to have attended any of the previous uh, sessions, but you still do need to register so you can get the Zoom link to attend. And all of that, plus the opportunity to donate um, is at projectsanctus.com. Also, if you're listening and you like run a business or something and you want to get your word out there um, to 40 of 50 states, and around the world, we would <laughs> love for you to come sponsor us as well. So um, hit us up. We will we'll we'll see what we can work out. Um, so thank you as always for listening. Thank you for being on this journey of creating a, a world of love, justice, and liberation for all. And until we meet again, let's get our holy on.